From the capital city, I'm Kevin Allen. A report from the state labor department says Alaska had about 9,900 more jobs last month than it did in July of last year. This comes as the state experiences a more typical tourism season following two pandemic-stunted years. But Alaska still had about 14,100 fewer non-farm jobs last month than it did in July of 2019, the summer before the pandemic. The leisure and hospitality industry had about 3,800 more jobs last month than in July of 2021, and the trade, transportation, and utilities sector had about 2,900 more jobs. However, job numbers in both sectors lag far behind July 2019 counts, according to the report. Staffing and hiring at the city and borough of Juneau is an issue city manager Rory Watt said he is addressing. He spoke about that on Action Line. Staffing is tough, Kevin. We've got probably more uh, job openings right now than than any time that any of us can remember. We've got about 30 jobs posted on the city website. Mm. Uh, many of them are multiple positions. Um, staffing's tough for everybody, tough for the private sector as well. Um, you know, we're trying to do the best we can um, and uh, make sure that we are keeping our core services uh, functioning. Uh, but some of those elective projects, uh, unfortunately, are, are, you know, they're going to have to take a backseat. Uh, and uh, as our IT manager uh, said this morning, uh, you know, that one we're going to have to delegate to the floor for now. Watt added that some public projects have temporarily fallen by the wayside due to a lack of staffing. It's tough. It's mm-hmm. tough to, uh, um, you know, explain that to the public that we can't sometimes work on the problem they want us to work on. Um, that's a that's a tough thing to do, but it's a you know it is reality. I did let the assembly know uh, the other night that uh, you know we were we're struggling across the board. You know when you have that many vacancies and that many new employees coming on, um, that means that your your department directors and managers and admin staff are spending a lot of time hiring and training. Um, and new employees aren't as seasoned and efficient as long-term employees. Um, so it, it's a real challenge. The problem of municipal staffing isn't unique to Juno, but is an issue across the region, he added. In reaction to the recent announcement that federal funding aimed at expanding electric busing is coming to Juneau, the city's deputy engineering director said it will be foundational as the city seeks to acquire more electric buses. The city and borough of Juneau will receive $2.2 million to rehabilitate and modernize its vehicle storage and maintenance facility. C- city Deputy Engineering and Public Works Director Denise Koch what this grant will do is it will enable us to make infrastructure upgrades to the bus barn, and those upgrades to the physical facility will enable us to add more bus charging uh, later. And then, of course, that bus charging is really critical. You have to have that bus charging infrastructure in order to have more electric buses. So it's sort of stacking uh, an integral part of the infrastructure that's um, I think in some ways sort of behind the scenes and can feel invisible, but it's really critical infrastructure to enable us to more fully electrify our fleet and get more electric buses on the road. Koch said the city is in the process of acquiring more electric buses and that more electric buses are about two years out for Juno. Christy West and Michelle Elfers from Parks and Rec talked about 
Community Day at Eagle Valley Center, Outamalga Road on Saturday. West talked about the goal of Community Day. We just wanted to celebrate the Eagle Valley Center and the things that we've been doing over the last few years. The Parks and Rec Department um, started offering programs out here and the facility out for rental. And we just wanted to bring people out and let them know that uh, SAIL has opened up the challenge course. So the high and low ropes course and that a public use cabin has been built out here and that a number of trail projects that ha have happened. You can take the horse tram trail from here over to Boy Scout camp. You can walk down to Kayak Beach. You can walk over to Eagle Landing. Elfers talked about the Juno Parks Foundation. Juno Parks Foundation is uh, supporting this day and you can see them over there. They're making hot dogs and they've got chips and drinks for everybody and they're a nonprofit in town. Supports all of our CBJ parks. So they're here to just raise awareness and support this community day and it's also part of our Parks and Recreation Month of Play. And Elfers explained how to participate in the Community Month of Play. The month of play, we have activities all around the community for the month of August. We do it every year. Kids can get a passport, so it's a little booklet, and you just get a little stamp for every activity you do. And so this is one of the activities in those days. And at the end of the month, you turn it into Parks and Rec, and you can win all sorts of great prizes. CBJ Parks and Rec's Christy West and Michelle Elfers. On Saturday, Helping Hands Food Bank organized a food drive at Balloons by Night Moods. Huddy Davison Kelza said the food drive is continuous at Balloons. Kathy here does a continuous food drive for Helping Hands. She does it all the time to drop food off here for Kathy. And she wants mostly canned goods, you know, preserved goods, noodles, lots of pasta, uh, oil in bottles, you know, things like that. All the staples, flour. Sing Kelza talked about how Helping Hands originated. So Helping Hands started by Betty Kapler was working at a local grocery store that doesn't exist anymore. And she saw all the food wasn't being given out. It was just being put into the dumpster. And she saw all the poor people going through her line. I think it made her want to do something. Helping Hands, Huddy Dave Sunkelsa. In reaction to the proposal by the Alaska Department of Transportation to build a ferry terminal at Cascade Point, Juno Representative Andy Story said she is interested in what the public has to say. She was asked about Cascade Point on Action Line. The goal of Cascade Point is to give more reliable, reliable like six out of seven days of service between um, Juneau and Northern Haynes Gateway, you know, Glen Canal to keep that going. And, um, and it's seasonal. It's in the, uh, you know, summertime. And uh, that, I think, would be very appreciative um, by residents. I think that there's big issues to um, figure out, such as if we had Cascade Point, how can there be enough, be enough transportation to bring all of the goods um, people would be bringing back and forth um, because of just it being farther out for people who are traveling without their vehicles. Juno Representative Andy Story. The city and borough of Sitka Assembly took up an ordinance last week to make a $600,000 appropriation for heat pump system repairs at Blatchley Middle School. In July, the Sitka School District told the borough about the need for potential heat pump replacement at the school after a catastrophic failure of the system. City Administrator John Leach explained the ordinance to the Sitka Assembly. 
this as an appropriation to uh, to cover the cost of a um, I will say a, a massive heat pump failure at uh, at Blatchley, and uh, we added this into the special meeting for tonight to kind of speed the timeline up a bit. Uh, if if this vote passes tonight, then that'll help us get the appropriation out sooner, and we can start getting contractors here sooner, so we can get uh, heating in the schools before it starts getting cold. The ordinance passed on Thursday on a 7-0 to zero vote. Mayor Stephen Eisenbeis was excused. An estimate was provided by White Knight Refrigeration detailing costs associated with replacing all five systems at $389,937. Cost estimates associated with purchase, purchasing, shipping, and installing a new heating system plus a 40% contingency add-on add up to $600,000. The funds for the replacement will be provided from the Sitka General Fund for fiscal year 2023, and any funds remaining at the end of the work will go back to the borough. Nah, da, nah. a joint venture between Huna Totem and Doyon Limited has been working with Cloak Henia to make the village of Cloak a cruise ship destination. During the Juno Chamber of Commerce weekly luncheon, Huna Totem's Mickey Richardson said that Oceana Cruises will be the first cruise line scheduled to visit in May of next year, with three additional calls for the 2023 season. We have this beautiful palette. We have the, the as you might have heard in the news also, Prince of Wales has had uh, most, most of Timber has pulled out of Prince of Wales. So it was this huge industry, a, a gap in the economy. From the minute the announcement happened from the, the pulling out of the timber industry, which was about 18 months to when we announced this project between Craig and Kwok, they estimated they lost about 900 members from their community. So we thought, what a great palette to look at. You have this port um, that was used for the timber industry, this dock. How can we go in and create a project that really helps revitalize this particular area and fit a new economic driver? Richardson said they had looked to incorporate shore power and said that Prince of Wales recently put in a new hydro plant. The beauty for us is that that power has a direct line that goes to the island. And in fact, it has a direct line to where the arrow is at the end of our dock that runs enough power there. There's enough power to run a ship if we move to larger ships to be able to plug it in from basically day one of moving larger ships there. So that's really, really key. And uh, when we started the project, we had no idea how much voltage was coming through that end pole. So it's really, really an exciting project for, for me to see that. The port partnership expects to announce additional cruise line visits for 2024 and 25 seasons. The Juneau School District, in partnership with Juneau Police, helped provide training to students about the emergency procedure ALICE, which is used during a violent emergency. Juneau School Resources Officer John Kreiderman explained ALICE while a guest on Action Line. Uh, the school district and JPD, we both um, teach the ALICE program. ALICE stands for Alert, Lockdown, Inform, Counter, and Evacuate. It is a proactive approach to a violent critical incident, or commonly you know, an active shooter is what we think about. And it gives the person the knowledge and ability to do something in an event rather than just staying put and freezing. We want to be able to break that um, during the headlights look, <coughs> excuse me, that we may get of something shocking happening. And just recognizing that, hey, I'm stuck here frozen, What I need to do something different. Kreiderman said Alice training provides a tool for individuals to respond to an emergency. 
On Sunday evening, family promised Juno held a barbecue birthday dinner at Sandy Beach in honor of their fifth anniversary. Katie Carlson, Family Promises Executive Director, talked about what they had. Brought in Randy's Rib Shack, smoked, I don't know how many pork butts today, but a lot, so that we could have pulled pork sandwiches and also potato salad from a lot of various donors throughout the community. Some restaurants and grocery stores donated potato salad and um, coleslaw. And Breezen donated rolls. All of our congregational coordinators and our board members baked cookies. So that's kind of the meal that we're having today. We have a silent auction that's getting ready to close. And then we also have just had a live auction that went really, really well. Kind of celebrating in multiple ways today. And we have National Honor Society here helping us. Carlson talked about the items that were part of the live auction. We had Alaska Airlines tickets. They donated two tickets to anywhere they travel. And so those went for over 2,000. And then we had Alaska Seaplanes donated two tickets to anywhere they travel. We also had whale watching tour. We had cabin out at the Shrine of St. Teresa. And we also had a Soapy's cabin was also donated out on Shelter Island. So we had a good little group of stuff. And then we also did have a playhouse that was donated by Vicki Gartley in Platinum Real Estate. Family Promises, Katie Carlson. It's a beautiful thing. Everyone can harness their their energy and their traumas through running and being supportive. That was Jake Hamilton, a first-time racer in Beat the Odds. Sean Miller, a timekeeper for the Beat the Odds Race Against Cancer on Saturday morning, talked about Cancer Connection's biggest fundraiser of the year. This race has been going on for a number of years. It used to be the, the breast cancer and the prostate cancer run, and then it all got combined in just to beat the odds cancer run. And seeing the incredible turnout going back for many years has been very uplifting, especially with the community that we have that's very supportive for people that have to go through cancer and also those that are very ingrained with the athletic community. Miller also shared the best times of the racers. The first 5K finisher finished in 20 minutes and 27 seconds. Second place was 20 minutes, 35 seconds. And third place was 21 minutes and 2 seconds. And added about how the community contributed. The door prizes have been a very nice uh, feature uh, for many years. It's been very great to see people realizing that this is a fundraiser and basically an awareness event but the fact that organizations are providing door prizes is just a great way for everyone to get involved whether it's an individual or a community or an actual business organization finding some way to contribute overall so in my mind everyone is benefiting with their contribution regardless of what level it's at beat the odds sean miller the final results are in for the 76th annual golden north salmon derby the official top place winner this year was Sean Beathers with a 22.1-pound king. The youth winner was Oliver Call Underga with a 14.7-pound king. News of the North spoke to Beathers about the day of the catch. We were drawing in the, the new hot spot uh, in, the, in the trough, four-foot seas, and uh, about 100 yards offshore, and that thing struck, and me and my daughter just jumped up and started cranking. Beathers said the Derby is important to his family and that his daughter, Halia, looks forward to it every year. My mom and dad had me out there from a, from a young age, and uh, she's always the one that's game to go, and uh, we've gotten a lot of practice in over the years. Every time we go out, we say we're, we're practicing for the Derby, and I think it, it finally paid off this year. It was special for both of us. 
Never miss a story or a newscast at KINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. For News of the North, this is Kevin Allen.